and welcome to Game & Watch with Aaron and James, the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I am Aaron. Uh, and I'm running off four hours of sleep. So this is going to be, oh, well, I'm loose, well, well. I'm loose and ready to go. If it isn't special guest star, The Grinch. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I'm James. So you are, well, yeah, you are James. Uh, listen, grumpy Grinch James, what uh, What are we talking about? Today? I didn't say, why are you assuming that I'm grumpy? I mean, just because I'm running off low sleep doesn't mean I'm not uh, fast and loose and ready to, ready to, to talk about online gaming online gaming uh i'll accept that but could we put a caveat that you might grinch out at any moment on us i actually you know what and i don't know if you you actually were saying this because you knew this was coming but i am gonna grinch out because know that because because and this one is was first of all Everyone, this is going to be a real, real loose episode. Fast it's one of our special episodes, yeah. but it's also going to be informal in the sense that I feel like I personally am not. I have such a limited view of online gaming. I am not qualified to talk about it in the way that I think people who are passionate about online gaming deserve. Much in the way of modern journalism, we're going to make big, bold statements on basically no firsthand information. <laughs> I'm going to make some big, bold statements on limited experience. But so not that I'm always completely unqualified to say something. It's just there are certain types of online gaming that are for me and there are some that are not. And that's what I'll say for now. And we can revisit that. Yeah. And here's what I'll say too. I'll say um, we are both very, you know, we, we play video games, obviously we watch movies, but I think we both very much have our ear to those industries as well. Like we read a lot of gaming news, even about games and genres that we don't necessarily play. I think, I think we do have some sort of ex, not expertise, but I think we've absorbed through osmosis, like reading about the industry to at least talk semi-competently. Absolutely. And I think some of my grinching will be no matter how much I've learned about a certain type of online gaming, I will probably always hate it. Fair so, enough. So, we'll, yeah, um, when we yeah, so we'll break down different genres of online gaming in a bit just because that's such a massive idea in and of itself. Um, but essentially, like online gaming in general, we mean any any gaming that requires uh, internet access um, to augment or modify the gaming experience or specific games that can be played only if you are connected online. Would you say I left anything out? Yeah. And, and we'll talk about the idea of, you know, DLC being something that you access via the internet. That's not really the bulk of what we're talking about. We're going to be talking more about multiplayer than that, as opposed to like, Thing, like features you can access via the internet that are other than multiplayer. Yeah, I right? mean, we'll touch on that a bit, but yeah, yeah it's it's going to be mainly multiplayer. I just want people to know that if you're hoping for multiplayer, we will obviously talk about that. Well, it's not so obvious until we state it. Well, it is now then, because we've stated I, it. I suppose so. <laughs> um, so I, where we should probably start is talking about how each of us got into online gaming and and 
I would also well, kind of distinguish that from when did we recognize its rise in popularity? Yeah. Because yeah. we did not, because those might be two different things. And I think it is, it definitely is two different things for me, at least. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, when did, yeah. So when did you first recognize uh, online gaming just rising in popularity? And two, again, we're not experts. We don't really know the full history of online gaming. So we're not going to tell you like the first online game was, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Minesweeper in 1988. You know, like we're not going to do that. It's for us specifically. So uh, when did you kind of notice that rise in popularity? So I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if I have like my dates right for this, but they're kind of like three or four different things that kind of coincided that made me that was kind of my first experience slash my first like recognition of like, oh, wow, this is big to preface. I have almost never been a PC gamer. Like I was a PC gamer in the sense that I played Pajama Sam and Spy Fox on my PC and like missed. What about and Putt Putt? Putt and Age of Empires 2 and Roller Coaster <gasps> Tycoon. Hell yeah. And like though, then basically like when the when the when Half-Life came out and then that era of PC gaming started. I was like, I have no idea what any of this is. Like I played Tony, what I played Tony Hawk pro skater two on my computer and Tony Hawk pro skater three, but like those aren't online games. Right. Um, that is to say I recognized PC gaming as like a big like thing, like multiplayer, I'm like online competitive PC gaming. And my first exposure that I can remember from that or of to that is my dad playing quake three arena online with people i like come home from school and he'd be down in the basement playing quake three against other people papa k's just popping caps yeah and i think around the same time i had friends who were getting into unreal tournaments and i and then myself I, i i truly think one of the first online games i've ever played was Medal of Honor Allied Assault or some version of Medal of Honor. And maybe at that same time, or maybe a little bit even before, there was this game that I probably should have looked up uh, before I started talking about this. Uh, It's like, it was like this tank-based game where you, the whole premise was that you are on, and this is through the PC, both Medal of Honor Allied Assault and this game. You kind of like, you know, colonize a planet, build. It was kind of like first person from the perspective of your tank. And you 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 colonize a planet, you get resources, you build bases, and you generate. I mean, it's one of those types of games. Yeah. Does the and tank does the tank go on a real emotional journey? It really does. Yeah. It learns that it's not alone in the universe. That's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, and so the game was mainly single player, but they had an online component, and and I'll look it up in a little bit. Um, and it will. It, I played it online with a friend. And I do remember lag being such a huge thing and getting like kicked off servers and such. Like this was like what late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, something. And like so that. this experience with it was rough. The the this obviously was my first exposure, but the first time I thought, "Holy shit, this is huge!" It wasn't even when I re- like saw a bunch of people playing all these games on PC. It was when Halo Two, when mm. Xbox Live came out, and people were playing Halo Two online. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was when I was yeah. like, okay, I might be missing out on something because I never really felt like I was missing out on it. You know, and I did like I was exposed to like Halo and did LAN parties and such too, but I never felt like there was something about gaming that I was missing. 
until and Halo 2 came out. I think when you said land parties, it connected in my mind that I think we specifically grew up very spoiled in an age of couch co-op, oh, um, yeah. specifically with the Nintendo 64. Um, and I, I think because of that, it just limited our interest in online games because, you again, you could just couch co-op. Um, I think when it did get to Halo 2, that was, you know, you had to set up land parties. That was different. Uh, it wasn't quite as easy to play on the couch with your friends. Um, and also the idea that like people who blew their friends out of the water consistently could finally have people to play against that were more at their level. Yeah. 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 What about you? So uh, my earliest kind of memory of online gaming and realizing that it was getting pretty big was um, my brothers were a little bit into PC gaming uh, when we were kids. We had Doom, um, we had Civilization 2, uh, we had, yeah, a lot of the games that you mentioned, Putt-Putt, that was more for me, things like that. Um, so I, I, we got PC Magazine, and I remember reading the story about EverQuest. There was a cover story about EverQuest, and this mm-hmm. was probably 90, I don't know, 97, 98. And I just remember looking, flipping through it and reading it and just realizing that, like, wow, there's this whole, like, fantasy world and kind of seeing the difference between this isn't just a game, this is an entire world. Um, and that really captured my imagination. Little did I realize that EverQuest sucked. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking of really wanting it and then my parents being like, well, no, it requires constant internet connection. It requires a subscription, it's way too expensive. Then I remember getting a PlayStation 2 and thinking that maybe I would be able to play EverQuest on that because there was a port. Um, but again, the PlayStation 2 internet functionality was pretty clunky. You had to buy an add-on um, to even engage in any online functionality with the PlayStation 2. And again, same thing, subscription, too expensive. My parents weren't going to do it. Um, so the EverQuest dream died. The other exposure that I had uh, to online gaming, and especially competitive online gaming, was uh, Counter-Strike. In middle yeah. school, there was a gaming cafe or an online cafe that we would go to and uh, just to play Counter-Strike online. And I always thought it was kind of a novelty. I mean, I had fun playing and especially playing with my friends sitting at computer stations next to me. But never was I playing Counter-Strike online and thinking like, yes, 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 this is exactly what I want. This is what I've been missing. Um, and then from there, much, 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 much later uh, into, you know, more of my adult years, did I even really care about online gaming or online features? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of talk about those as we get into them. Yeah, you know, Counter-Strike again was something that I was v- vaguely aware of and never got into. It's yeah, I mean, I- I've since played like Team Fortress and Half-Life and some of those things and like this is going to be controversial and a lot of people are probably going to hate me for it, but like they're competent, you know, like they're competent (laughs) shooters. Like they're not bad. They're fun. They're, they get the job done, but like, I wouldn't call any of them special. Yeah. Send all hate mail to James (laughs) Corrential. Yeah. I I looked up the name of the game, by the way, it's called battle zone. It came out in 1998 and I think I played it maybe not like the year or two after that. That sounds vaguely familiar. Um, I think it maybe like my brother or dad might've had that. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, did, did you also have rise of the robots? One of the worst <laughs> fighting games that's ever no. existed. Cause we definitely did. I did not. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of shooters though, before we get into kind of the next, next part of this, and we'll, we'll touch more about shooters in a, in a bit, but like shooters are like such a massive part of online gaming. 
I also also realize now that we probably didn't even think about sport games, sports games going into this, that that's a thing. Which we, um, I mean, which we can add for sure. Well, I mean, we just did. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing really yeah, to say true. about it. Yeah. But like, there's so many shooters. And, and when I was growing up, I was like obsessed with first person shooters. I thought it was one of the coolest things ever. And, but like the couch co-op Nate factor, right? Like GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies, Nightfire, just name three James Bond games. So yeah. much fun to play couch co-op. Perfect Dark, um, oh, yeah. Mario Kart, all that kind of stuff. But shooters mainly. I feel like I am definitely not qualified to talk about like to distinguish one shooter's quality from another that said. And again, I'm not just talking about first person shooters, talking about shooters, period. That said, I think Fortnite sucks ass. So, well, there's my Grinch. (laughs) So, so to be fair, as far as I know, Fortnite is not an FPS. It's not. Fortnite is a battle royale. No, no, again. And that's why I I try to, I I try to distinguish it from a, a, from a fps but it is a i would still describe it as a shooter yeah yeah this is I, one of those um, things that someone listening might be like first of all fuck you for saying that fortnite well, sucks but, second of all that's not a shooter it's something i don't know i don't i would care. say hey asshole jokes on you for continuing to listen when you disagree with us um, <laughs> you're the sucker for listening yeah, to us you this idiots long. listening to our <laughs> podcast um no, I agree. But what I what I think is so interesting is that what makes couch co-op, I think what makes, at least to me, FPS is fun is like crazy kills or hunting someone down or all those things that like it, when they happen in the moment, you talk to the people next to you about. Um, like when Edgar and I play Mario Golf or play Mario Kart or any of those games with each other couch co-op, the fun of that is when like in Mario Kart, he pulls off a crazy last minute victory turning to him and being like, whoa, like that was wild. How did you do that? Yeah. Whereas in my limited FPS, because I have, I've dipped my toes, in my very limited FPS online gaming experience, it's just a lot of 13-year-olds screaming racial slurs in the chat. Yeah. So it's like, there's no, there's none of that. There's no like, or you kill someone and it's in this crazy big way. And then you hear in the chat, like, fuck you, gay slur. And it's like, yeah. well, that's not the reaction I wanted. The reaction was like, whoa, that was so cool. I pulled off that headshot. Um, and two, I, I think also it has to do with our personality types. I think that you and I are competitive people, but I think that we are able to like leave our competitiveness at the door to some degree where I think some yeah. people, a lot of other people just simply are not. It depends on the situation. And I think there are times in my life that I was very competitive overall but still not as competitive as others like when i had like and i was going to talk a little bit about like kind of my, my history overall with online gaming is not that extensive and a lot of the things we'll talk about are things that i've done but like if i had to describe it i would say there was that initial phase where i kind of dipped my toes into like pc gaming then it was basically nothing until halo 3 in college i played a lot of halo 3 and i got in with i met a lot of like really great friends that i'm still friends with today through playing halo 3 so i treasure that I have no interest in going and playing Halo games anymore. And I really haven't since college ended. And so Halo 3 was a big deal to me. And after Halo 3, I would like kind of like dabble in like Call of Duty just to see what that was all about. It wasn't really for me. And then since then, aside from some of the co-op stuff that we'll talk about, I think really the only multiplayer stuff I ever really committed to in any fashion. And it was still kind of like less often than when college 
was the likes of like certain Nintendo games, non-shooters, certain Nintendo games and Rocket League. I dipped oh, into for a time. You know what? I never played Rocket League, but I have only heard amazing things about it from basically everyone who's ever played it. It's really um, fun. It's really fun. Yeah. And that's, yeah. But again, what makes Rocket League different is that, is there voice chat in Rocket League? Yes. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah. How- and it's, I mean, it's great playing Rocket League. Like I, I like forward a team with some, with some people, some friends and coworkers. And like, we played for a bit, but like where I, where I, as I got older, I started to leave my competitiveness at the door a lot more. And also I, I just realized I only, I want to spend my time gaming in certain ways and what yeah. I don't want to get better at, and I want to spend all my, all my gaming time trying to get better at a competitive multiplayer game. That's just not how I choose to spend my time. I have no judgment for people who do that. I don't want, like, eventually I got pretty good at Rocket League. And then you find, like, that next tier of people that are so much better than you. And you're like, oh, my God, if I am going to beat them, I need to play this game every day. Or yeah. really, I, I just wasn't willing to do that. And so then, then I'm just like, well, then why am I playing? And then I stopped. Well, and that's the thing, too, that we can, when we're talking about online gaming in general, I think online gaming more so than kind of any other, uh, the learning or entry curve is so steep for most games. A lot of games, yeah. Um, have you ever been, this is an interesting question. Have you ever been on the ground floor um, of a multiplayer game like at launch? That's a great question. So um, for, cause I got big into Halo three close to when it came out. I'm not going to say that was the ground floor, but all the Halo games that came out during our college, we went to college at the same time, like yeah. I, Halo ODST, Halo reach and Halo four. I was in on the ground floor for all of those. Okay. So perfect. So my next question is like, did you over time see the community change and lean in more towards, I will have to live this to be able to compete anymore. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I mean, I had, I had friends who committed absurd amounts of their time to getting good at this game. Some even more than others. Some like I would say had a life outside of it and some people had less of a life outside of it. Yeah. So uh, the only games two two of them that I kind of, I think I got in a bit at the ground floor were uh, Splatoon one and two. Okay. Um, which we'll talk about later. Which I, I, I'm excited to hear you talk about that because I have I played that like once. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore Splatoon, but we'll we'll talk about it. But sure. what was interesting is getting in on the ground floor. I got both of those games essentially at launch uh, and watching the community change, which again makes sense over time. Casual players are going to fall off a little more. You're going to have the hardcore players stay. But especially between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2, Splatoon 1, I very jokingly would brag to my brother that I was one of the top players in the world (laughs) Um, because I would just consistently come in on the winning, like my team would consistently win. I was consistently getting the highest scores. And yes, everyone, I know that you get a thousand point bonus for winning, but still my scores were very high. Yeah. My letter ranking was extremely high, yada, yada, yada. As time went on, I like, I, I just couldn't even go back to it. Yeah. Uh, because it would be so frustrating. Splatoon 2, um, I think because the Switch has a bigger player base, because um, the Splatoon 1 was on the Wii U, which 10 people had. Um, but the, the Switch Splatoon 2 is a little bit easier. But even if I pick it up now, um, it's tough. It's really yeah. tough. Um, and we'll, we can talk about this now as well. Just different ways multiplayer games in general try and uh, incentivize you to go back 
Um, we can even add that as like a whole topic. Do you want to discuss that? But yes, before we do that, I want to just quickly say that I, I realized, and this is the my fault of my own for just you know not sleeping, but fast and loose, uh, everyone. Fast, We're and, fast loose. and loose. I, I mean, there were two other games that I definitely, and there's probably more, honestly. There's probably there's two other multiplayer games, online games that I play that I got in on the ground floor, but I probably didn't stick with them long enough to see the community change. And that was two Mario Kart games. Mario Kart DS, I played religiously. I mentioned that in the Mario Kart episode for, for like a while, but not, or like a lot for like a short period of time. And the online specifically, I played a lot. Um, I played a lot of like local multiplayer, which I guess is still online. If just, yeah. you know, you know, would go to a friend's house and like you yeah. know, four, four of us would, would link up. Um, and Mario Kart Wii in college. I definitely yes. was playing that from the from the get go, and I, there were times where I was like, "I want to be the best Mario Kart Wii player in the world." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I so the next topic that we yeah. kind of just came up with, I think, um, just to dispel that kind of hardcore um, lock on different gaming communities. A lot of online games, and this is kind of a trope of the genre at this point, will do a lot of updates and a lot of free updates and a lot yeah. of events. Um, and that's a way for them to kind of bring new players in. Does that really, does that work for you? No. And, and, I, and I was going to say it in some fashion in this episode, if you if we hadn't come up with this topic. Um, I, the what, what like Fortnite does and the kind of like events and like offers and like unlocks and stuff that they, they the, go, the, the way that they incent, it's almost like, it's like not freemium, but it is kind of like freemium. Like the, their models for keeping people interested and giving people new abilities to unlock things and use different things against in competitively. It's kind of like a, some it's achievements like a, are, are like how this person did this by being good and other people are using things because they have money. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what it is essentially to be competitive. It's basically a subscription model uh, with a lot of these games. Yeah. And, and, and in addition to like a lot of the other things I'm probably not qualified to talk about, I am not, I don't know enough about how those work. I only know about them just kind of at a surface level, because when people start talking about it, I'm just like, wow, I just, this is just reaffirming how I never want to play these games. <laughs> well, but, and, but again, like you, you do hear those things because you know, you do have your ear to the ground of the industry a bit. Yeah. Um, like I notice it, I see ads all the time for like Fortnite season 22. And so just seeing that makes me realize like, Oh, they're doing seasons now. Like there's seasons of Fortnite. Yeah. Um, and I say that having played other games with seasons that I also think are stupid. Like I think that's mm-hmm. a dumb concept, but I think that's the idea, right? Like we need to trick people into continually going back. It's not a trick because I, I suppose they're offering new things, but um, they'll, they'll never be a complete, right? That's yeah. kind of the point of online gaming. It's never going to be complete. You're never going to collect everything. They're always going to be carrot and sticking you to some degree, Yeah, um, which is, which is frustrating. Uh, and again, there's probably people screaming out there like that. We love it. It's great. It's amazing. Um, and if that's you, that's wonderful. But this is just kind of our take on it. Yeah. Buckle up. We're just going to yeah. shit on all the oh things you goodness. love. No, there are. <laughs> no. Well, we'll get to them. But there we'll are save some it for the end. Play, a lot uh, of it. There are online games that we both really adore or games with online features. Yeah. 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 Um, do we want to jump into those? What's uh, the we could probably jump into our favorite. Right? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about co-op. Yeah, let's do it. Um. So I guess yeah. now we're going to break up uh, online gaming into kind of different uh, categories or subgenres. We're going to talk about games in those subgenres we have experience with or we've at least heard of and kind of try to the best of our ability 
to describe the genre, even if we've pretty much maybe never played. We did not spend much time coming up with these categories. No. Um, but co-op, it was the it was the most obvious one because as we probably mentioned a million times, we play online co-op together and have played it. Um yes. I, I you know, like Dark Souls and uh, like the Soulsborne games that have online co-op capabilities, which is just everyone except Sekiro. Yeah, I mean, I, we've done them all. I've, I've done them with you. I've done them with my brother, like countless times. Well, we so we've talked about the Soul series in a previous episode, and we touched upon co-op. But do you want to kind of explain how co-op works in Souls, and maybe why? Like, you know, feel free to disagree, but I think Souls, the Soul series in general, has some of the the greatest, uh, most sophisticated yet simple co-op mechanics of really any series. Yeah, and and so and sometimes, but also at the same time, some needlessly complicated True. stuff to like just match up with somebody, either a friend or a random person. True. But so you know, the Dark Souls games in general are very like they're they're often single player focused in the sense that it's an adventure game. You're dropped into this unknown world. You're meant to to get past all these difficult obstacles and navigate this like really darkly beautiful and terrifying world. And there's a lot of abilities, a lot of times in the game where you can summon people into your game, friends or random people, people can leave like a summon sign on the ground, basically saying like, Hey, I'm willing to help you fight this boss or navigate this area and get to this next place, or maybe show you a secret that you might not know of. And even though there's a kind of like a, there's supposed to be like this hook in Dark Souls games of being isolated, there the, the games were developed with multiplayer in mind, the ability to help other people out, the online community, and that's where I would start gushing. But <laughs> we can save that for that episode. But so people can leave summon signs on the ground, and you can summon people into your game to help you fight a boss or you know navigate a certain area, like I just mentioned, and you can do the same for them. And so what? I'll do with you or I'll do with my brother is we'll, it's like, I'll help you beat this area, beat this boss. And then we'll go back and we'll do it again in my game. And yeah. it's fun. Like you socialize, you know, you get to get double the experience points sometimes and it's great. You're yes. All of those things are true. You're describing the best parts of dark souls co-op best. What I mean by best is best <laughs> in terms of you as the player. Yeah. I try to but, pretend the other kind doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, no, but here's the thing, the other kind. So let's say the worst example of dark souls uh, co-op and I'm not saying worst as in like, it is bad. You know, we don't like it worse as in like, this is the opposite end of that spectrum where James was describing all the really supportive things. On the other hand, there's co-op that works against you in dark souls. You can have people invade you and try and kill you. Um, Additionally, like James mentioned, there's these glowing um, messages essentially everywhere on the ground. You can summon help, you can invade people, Um, But also you can get information Um, and some of that information comes from developers, but a lot of those informational messages come from other players and kind of what adds to uh, the danger and kind of the mystique of the co-op system in souls is that people will lie to you. People will trick you. People will try and convince you to jump off edges of cliffs (laughs) thinking there's, there's treasure, but here's the thing that makes the co-op in dark souls so beautiful and delicious and amazing sometimes when you do that there is a treasure yeah it um, makes and it it's, worth it. it's those moments where like someone in the community is hinting you into a secret or a treasure you wouldn't get that if you played offline yeah that, that would just be an experience you would entirely be missing and like james like you said these games are single player action adventure games but 
I have never played one entirely offline. Like I've never disconnected my PlayStation 4 or yeah. Xbox 360. I bet that would fundamentally really change the experience. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And the, and the people that invade you, those people, those are the people we talked about earlier who can't leave their competitiveness at the door. No. That's how I imagine them. No, no, no. Um, and we should mention that there is a kind of just an entire subgenre within Dark Souls of co-op and online gaming, which is those people specifically, which are people who enjoy dueling, who enjoy invading, um, to the point where uh, an entire DLC in pretty much every game is devoted to dueling and co like um, PvP. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and there are, there are co-op elements and other types of multiplayer online multiplayer games that we'll talk about like MMOs, you know, like helping people complete missions and things. But I generally like co-op. I like, and even though the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remake online, the online features was an absolute disaster. Like playing that local coach co-op college co-op was fun back in the day. But in general, I just like helping friends accomplish their goals and, you know, back and forth. And you can do like um, co-op online co-op, in halo games also but i don't do that because i don't have an xbox so i just invite a friend over and we hook up the xbox and we play co-op together yeah (laughs) so i i don't know if this so there's two games that i um both have played and want to try okay uh the first one is borderlands um okay which borderlands one two any of them you can play them with randos online um which i've tried before and i i hate it I, I hate it. And I think the game is designed to be playing with, you know, four people on these missions at all times because things get crazy and there's like a bajillion enemies. Unless it's couch co-op, uh, I will not play Borderlands with others. Um, however, couch co-op, I played through all of Borderlands 1 with one of my old roommates in college. Probably some of the most fun co-op gaming experiences I've had kind of ever. Um, and that's that's what's crazy too is how co-op can fundamentally change um, the experience of, you know, a single player game. Cause I like borderlands. I'll play borderlands. It's, it's a good, you know, knitting game, but, um, playing by myself is nowhere near as fun as playing co-op couch with someone I actually know. Um, the other game that I really, really, really want to try and on air, I can ask you if you'd be interested, but I, I think it's you, me, and we need to find one other person with a 3DS <laughs> to play the, uh, co-op Zelda game. Oh, um, you know, I, I have been meaning to do that. I feel like I've got like three different people that I've, we've talked about over the last like 10 years about how we're going to do it someday. And we never did. I desperately want to do it. So I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, so we, we got, we only have so long to download the game. Uh, that's true. They're going to close the 3DS That's store. True. Um, but yeah, we should. That is something we should do. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I'm really glad you asked me that, and not like something else that I was going to have to awkwardly decline. <laughs> to like dip away air. from. Yeah. Like James, I really think we should get into Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Well, like if you would, if you would ask me to play Borderlands, I would have been like, I'm sorry, but I don't like loot, loot games. Sluters. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a sluter. It's a real. Sluter. Not a real sluit like that. Um, yeah. Any other co-op games? I mean, there um, are, but we do want to talk about them. Well, so, I mean, specifically online co-op, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, not that I can think of. Um, because, I mean, there's so many, like, there are games now you can play that had traditionally couch co-op that have online co-op. Like, I think Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which I've been playing recently, like, might have co-op where, like, an online person plays as Waddle D. <laughs> but, that like, there's nothing about that being online that matters. Like, it, it'd be the same as a Waddle D being played by the person next to you on the couch but like again the the fun of being like wow you've pulled off that crazy shot with waddle d 
not in like a basic platformer like Kirby. Right. So yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, there's so that's co-op and co-op, you know, as it implies, is kind of a collaborative experience. What's kind of the other giant uh category of online games? Oh, one last one. Uh Minecraft. I played Minecraft with my brothers co-op. That that's a blast to do. We would just like, the- play some chill music and just play Minecraft. Well, here's here's what's kind of interesting. Would you would you call that playing co-op or would you call that like I don't even know what you'd say, like existing in the same world? Because um, you you could like in Minecraft, for example, you could play cooperatively in, you know, excuse me, in which you all decide like, hey, let's build a castle together. But Minecraft is almost a level beyond because Minecraft, it's almost just like a shared world. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, I would say it was kind of almost exactly like that. I mean, we would, we would like independently exist in the world and build different things. Like my brother was like building like an elevator while I was off a little short distance away, building like a hot springs or something like a resort or something, you know, but then sometimes it's like, Hey, help me build this tower. And you're, you're just trying to like make this like dope base, you know, <laughs> like I, in that sense, I think it's very much co-op. I mean, we're playing, and even if we want to play survival mode where you have to like work together to like kill, get rid of enemies. I mean, that's co-op too. So I would, I would call it that. Um, yeah. I just, I'm yeah. thinking because Minecraft is such a unique beast in many ways. Um, even co-op it's kind of, it's kind of strange and unique. Yeah. Um, anyway, getting back to, to, so the other kind of category, the, like the broader category we were trying to, put this all into is like competitive multiplayer and like team-based multiplayer games. The, yes. the pro- probably biggest example of which is probably also my least, the least appealing of all of them, all of them to me is, is battle Royales. Battle Royales. Um, so describe for us what, like, what is a battle Royale game? Um, you are one of a large group of people and you might, you could be split up the team in the teams of battle Royales too, I believe, but I also think that, for the most part, they're all over the shoulder, third person shooter or action game. Yeah. You are dropped into a world with tons of other people online and it's very often last man standing. Yeah. I think pretty much everyone I've ever tried or, uh, heard of is last man standing. I tried to play Fortnite uh, for a little bit just to see what all the hype was about. I couldn't get into it. Um, Same. Fortnite specifically, I'll talk about Fortnite because it's really the only one I have experience with. Um, The only problem with Battle Royales that I found in Fortnite uh, is that uh, they're very boring. (laughs) And by that, I mean, if if you decide to go out and hunt people down, again, unless you're one of those people that devotes their life to it, you're going to get mowed down. If you're lucky, you'll get thrown into a new game immediately. If not, you'll kind of have to sit around. The other way to play that I played for any amount of success is just kind of hide and build walls. And oh, see, I didn't want to build anything. Well, that's the thing. That mechanic. So there's an ever-shrinking circle around wherever you're at, and of course, you'll die if you're outside the circle. So it incentivizes and forces you to, you know, all clump together. But even within that model, I still was like just building walls and hiding, <laughs> um, and it didn't it didn't feel good at all. And then when I when I would leave to try and be like, okay, I'll be an action hero, murdered immediately. Also, didn't feel good at all. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It's one of those, I'm so defeatist about it. Like, I'm like, I don't, I'm just starting out. I don't like the building mechanic. I'm going to run around. Oh, nope. I got shot right away. Okay. So yeah. where, where do I see myself in one hour? This is going to keep happening. Yep. And so what do I need to do to make it stop happening? Well, I need to play the game more. Well, why would I do that? I just had a miserable time. And well, even also- if I played with friends, I just wouldn't, I don't know. I don't find that fun. 
I don't find it fun either, but I think a distinction that Fortnite has is other games that you can play competitively, competitively online, like say Mario Kart 8, uh, you can play the computer, which isn't the best training, but it's training. In Fortnite, there's no like playing against the computer mode at Fortnite that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, they're, they they're, these multiplayer games will like figure out how to tier people like Rocket League, like unless you like when you start out and you start a new account, you're not going to play the best people in the world. No, it's very but, unlikely. But no, but even still playing against amateurs that have more experience than you can feel very defeating and you feel like you're making no progress. Yeah. And it's funny that we say that when we're willing to play games like Dark Souls that just kick our ass over and over again what does it say about us it's no, I mean, I don't, i'm not even making a joke about it it's just really I, interesting i know exactly why um i think it's because we knowing you and knowing myself i believe that we are perhaps more analytical than we are spontaneous um and yeah. i believe dark souls uh supports and encourages analytical gameplay i feel like a lot of online games support spontaneous uh kind of play or spontaneous thought um and yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, but I, I think that's kind of the distinction. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I also think it would be really funny if we did a Fortnite episode with basically no prep and we just had the wiki open and just commented on the things we saw. Or like, oh, I didn't I was, know that was in the game. I was going to say, why don't we just turn on our microphones while we both play a match of Fortnite and just talk and talk about it? <laughs> you mean when it's over in a second because we both got shot? Like, Well, we can talk about that. We can talk about how boring it is. How yeah. like waiting for a new one. Yeah. Um, other Battle Royales I have not played, but I've watched footage of people playing them and they look just as boring to me. Yeah. PUBG is one of the other ones. Uh, is there another? Call of Duty Warzone, I think, uh, is one. Okay. I have that free from PS Plus and I just never ended up playing it. Yeah. I mean, again, like there's there's it's a fun idea to have kind of an elimination game with it's almost like the Hunger Games, essentially. Um, the problem is you mean it's like Battle Royale? The movie and book, which came first before <sighs> Hunger Games. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I was a high school English teacher. Okay, I know the YA stuff before I know anything else. Anyway, I read Bell Royale before I read whatever. any Hunger Games. <laughs> whatever. Um, but the the problem is, if you're going down to one person from a pool of fifty, like we said, like that just sucks. Like maybe if it was a pool of five or ten, but it's not. They like they typically do giant groups of people. Um, so yeah, not, not a big fan. Yeah. Um, the next big category, uh, and probably most people who will play games have heard of this are MMOs. Yeah. What is an MMO? I, I'm going to do this without looking it up, Aaron. You, it's a massive on. multiplayer online game. Is that right? I'm proud of you for not looking that up. I, I like, is that a joke? When you, you when you, you know, when you kicked it off to me, I, my heart sank for a second. I'm like, I might fuck this up really i I, just, I never played mmos my the extent of my mmo experience aside from like watching someone play city of heroes over their shoulder in high school was a one month trial i got for world of warcraft when i bought the south park season on dvd <laughs> that had world of warcraft and it was pretty it was pretty addicting i got i get why people liked it so much and then my trial That's ended pretty and i'm great, like uh... i'm not going to continue playing this game yeah, no. That's pretty great product synergy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's my experience. I have no experience other than that with MMOs. I I don't necessarily defend the fact that I was doubting whether I knew what an MMO was or like what the definition was. I could have described to you what they're like without knowing what the words are, what the acronym is. Yeah. I don't I don't feel too bad about it, but I also kind of do. 
No, don't feel bad about it. So uh, I have slightly more experience. Uh, There's the aforementioned EverQuest that I never actually got to play, but I've really only heard bad things about now, so I I don't feel like I missed out. Um, The one that I played the most of is Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I really wanted to get into it because I played every Final Fantasy game, Uh, not all of them to completion, but at least dipped my toes in. And I wanted to try this one. I was very hopeful for it in terms of an MMO, because again, I never really played one. Um, And I think Final Fantasy XIV delivers on some aspects. Uh, I was highly worried that it wouldn't have a compelling story uh, being an online game played by, you know, millions of people. From what I played uh, the base game, I didn't play any of the uh, expansions. From what I played in the base game, it does attempt to do a pretty thorough job telling a beginning, middle and ending story. Mm-hmm. Um, while also existing in the context of a world where there's lots of other human players. Um, I will say the combat is mind-numbingly repetitive. Um, so online gaming, which has kind of permeating, permeated into a lot of just JRPGs in the last decade, I feel like. Yeah. Online gaming is basically nothing but cooldown timers. Um, that is all MMOs are, as far as I'm concerned, are cooldown timers. Um, so every attack, every literally everything you do, there's no MP system in Final Fantasy XIV. It's all cooldowns. Uh, all your abilities are on cooldowns. You have uh, once a day abilities that cool down for a day. Um, and you have 10 million hotkeys. Uh, that's the other thing. So to keep people interested, right, and keep people playing, um, the Final Fantasy XIV has a job system, like many Final Fantasies do. Part of the fun of a job system is mixing and matching abilities. However, to keep people playing, as you mentioned uh, previously, they have to keep adding expansions, which means new abilities, which means new jobs. So while I didn't get there, I have seen people playing Final Fantasy XIV where basically the entire bottom of their screen are hotkeys um, for wow. like the dozens of abilities that they have at their disposal. And I've seen people play where it's just them like bouncing between like, you know, all these different hotkeys and just playing you know doing certain sequences of them and like that's just how you play the game uh which does not seem fun to me yeah no Um, thank you thing too is both i I very seriously tried to get to final fantasy 14 twice um one was over a summer break and the other was over the pandemic um so i think it's also telling that even in the midst of the pandemic i couldn't get into final fantasy 14 yeah i think the other big problem with it and with MMOs in general is that, um, and my brother and I have talked about this before, it's really fun when you're playing alone, um, even when it's a bit competitive, or I'm sorry, repetitive. It's fun to explore these new areas. It's fun to see random people jogging around, fighting enemies next to you. The second you have to team up to face a dungeon or fight a boss, I'm done. (laughs) Like the second you have to involve other people, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I, I did dip my toes uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen with that kind of play, you know, where you have to team up with people to tackle dungeons. Hated it. Hated it because uh, I didn't want to use voice chat because I hate voice chat. Um, and then typing anything is basically impossible. Um, and I know people out there are screaming that it's my own fault for not using voice chat. Well, I say, fuck off. I don't <laughs> like voice chat. This is a very, uh, very really grinchy episode. This is a really confrontational episode to our hypothetical audience of three people um, <laughs> who we incessantly remind to watch the Grinch. Yes, that's that true. is not why you said that earlier. I know no, it. it's you, not it's just on it's your not. mind. I just when someone's grumpy, I call them a Grinch. Um, there's but one. You, I'm sorry. Go keep going. No, just I mean, that's it. Like, 
I think Final Fantasy XIV as an MMO is a very competent package. I think a lot of MMOs are competent packages. I think they have great art design, direction, music, yada, 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 all those things. They're just not for me. Um, the second you have to team with other people, um, the fact that they're just, a lot of them are never ending and they kind of just keep adding all these expansions. Um, it, it's just, it's too much. Again, it's a, it's a subscription model, essentially. Yeah. Um, and no, thank you. Another category of online gaming that I I have experienced playing by myself. So I, I don't want to really go into it because I've only played by myself, but it's really the same strategy as opposed to like playing a computer versus playing a um, another human being online is real-time strategy games like StarCraft and um, Age of Empires, right? Tell me more um, because I have absolutely zero experience. Well, no, I mean, I, I have such limited experience. I haven't played a real-time strategy game like online like that it, since I, I think I played like Battle for Middle Earth. I was never into StarCraft. I mean, it was just the kind of idea of you have, usually you pick some sort of faction or class and then you have like certain buildings, you have to like mine resources, you have to build um, like, you know, equivalent of like farmers, you have to build the equivalent of soldiers, and you have to send your troops out to take down the other people. I would always play against computers. Again, you can do that. You can play online, play co-op um, with your with friends and team battle and stuff. You can, you can do all that kind of stuff online. It's just an extension of that, but just online with your friends. Again, I never got into that. Um, While really. we're while we're camped out on online or I'm sorry, MMOs, uh, can I do a shout out to a listener? Uh, yeah. my friend, my friend, John, uh, my friend, John, who is one of my roommates senior year, his MMO of choice was Lord of the Rings online. Um, which again, I heard it was terrible. Well, from what I saw, cause I watched, sorry, John, bit, I heard it was really bad. I wanted, I want, that was like the first time I ever thought about getting into an MMO seriously. Well, here's the thing. Um, John, I never saw really the combat. I never really saw anything other than Hobbiton because my friend, John, uh, he was playing the game, a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. And he was playing a role and that role was a Hobbit. And so he spent hours and hours and hours just delivering letters and pies and Hobbiton and just role-playing his Hobbit life. Oh, wow. That's, Um, I mean, that sounds great. Good for you, John. I know John's the best, um, but yeah, I just in all in this giant fantasy world with you know monsters and all these crazy things, he's like, nope, I'm gonna deliver. I I, I appreciate that. That's probably what I would have wanted to do too, or I would have yeah. ended up doing that once I realized how intimidating it was to have such a big game. Exactly. But anyway, MMOs and then real time strategy games. So the next one we have is our MOBAs. I can which I can I, take te- I texted you. I don't know what MOBA stands for. I had to look it up. Yeah, uh, multiplayer online battle arenas, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I don't remember. So. I looked it up yesterday and I still don't remember. I uh, Multiplayer online battle arenas, I believe. Um, so I was planning on playing Pokemon Unite uh, to give one of these a try, but then I got busy with life things and I couldn't. And 12 other games that you had pending. 12 other games that I'm, <laughs> that I'm rotating between at any given time. Um, but essentially the idea of these, again, I know very little, you know, very little, as far as I know, they're team based strategy games. Oh, and this is league of legends, league of legends yeah, is the big and, one and that Dota. most people play Dota, Pokemon unite. Um, but I, mean, I, th- as- I think the whole thing, the only thing, sorry, the only thing I know about it is I think it was like, it was created from mods of Starcraft and Warcraft. I don't know how they modded it. I don't know really what's different about it. Maybe someone 
can tell me that sometime, but I think that's all I know. I, I did not know that. That's interesting to know. Um, but essentially it's, it, it, I guess it's almost like real time strategy in that, um, only you're controlling a single unit. Um, it's kind of as a team, you have to strategically capture certain locations and beat the enemy. And actually now, the more that I think about it, the more I think you're probably right, because these are essentially RTSs, but you're only controlling your unit. Okay. Would you say that's kind of fair? Or do you not even know? I, I literally don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, any, anything else about MOBAs? God, I have no, nothing to say. Not clearly. All right. Um, so we already talked about Halo a little bit, um, but we can kind of talk about the difference between team-based versus individual shooters. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about, having spent a lot of, and I can't really do my all the time I spent in college playing Halo, three reach and four, you know, I, I can't do it justice with just a couple comments on this episode, but Halo multiplayer was a blast. It was one of the games that I felt the learning curve I thought was steeper than the likes of call of duty, but maybe I just got lucky with call of duty. I picked up call of duty and I felt like I was better at the game a lot faster than halo. I feel like I took, I spent a lot of time trying to get good, good at halo. And then I kind of hit, like I kind of plateaued for a bit, but anyway, these types of games, and I, I think other games have different types of game modes like this too, but I really enjoy the ability to have like 2v2, 4v4, 1v1 if you want, even though I really kind of hated that. Um, big team battles. Those were probably my favorite. Just absolute fucking chaos. Um, like a team of like, I don't remember how many it was, like 12 people versus another team of 12. Um, capture the flag. Um I'm forgetting some of the other ones, but like it, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun time. And I would say like playing individually as like, just in just like a, in maybe sort of like battle Royale sense, or just kind of like, you know, get dropped into the world and whoever gets the most kills wins. I don't really like that. I don't really like any of that individual stuff. I, the stuff I liked about halo and other competitive first person shooters, including call of duty that I have played I, I like the team stuff. That's that to me is is more fun. I like if I'm gonna lose, I like losing with other people, not because like misery loves company always, but because I feel like the camaraderie, regardless of whether we win or lose, unless you get bashed up with a bunch of fucking noobs that suck. <laughs> so you're you're the you're the 13 year old boy screaming racial slurs. <laughs> no, don't but be, I am don't but be I, him. But I am the noob that's making other people lose. Fair enough. I've been that guy a lot. Um, so yeah, sorry for using the word noob. No, it's okay. Um, so I don't have a ton of experience with say a team or I'm sorry with, uh, FPSs like say Halo or call of duty. Um, the two shooting games that I have the most experience with online are overwatch and Splatoon two. Okay. I have Um, no experience with that. Would you call Splatoon a shooter? It seems like a, it seems like a different, it's like a very unique like it is very unique modification of a shooter it is um let's talk about overwatch first because i think that's slightly more popular and a little bit easier to explain um i think overwatch is incredible i think it's a very elegantly designed game um i think it's what concerns me about overwatch 2 is that they're putting in a very extensive uh single player campaign um i don't want that Uh, i think overwatch is a game that exists perfectly online only Um, So essentially in Overwatch, you are on teams. 
Um, and you have to pick characters from different classes. Um, so there are tanks, there are healers, and there are offensive characters. So every team will have a balance of those. And within uh, the character selection, you first select your role before you're allowed to select characters. Um, so instead of a traditional team-based shooter where everyone just is a generic soldier, um, in Overwatch, everyone has very specific duties and roles. Um, so if you're a tank, you should be at the front lines offering like protection and support. Um, you just simply won't do well if you're trying to be an offensive force for the team okay. if you chose choose a tank character. Um, it also opens up the ability for or, um, the ability to give characters really unique, different, diverse power sets. Um, so every character has unique skills. Um, and again, it's not like an MMO nightmare where there's 10 million hotkeys. Every character has a super attack um, and then two unique abilities. So that could be things like double jumping, which other characters can't do. That could be things like climbing a wall, with a, which other characters can't do. That could be things like uh, having a zoom-in sniper scope, um, and other characters do not have a sniper rifle. Hmm. Um, so in that way, it incentivizes character experimentation. Um, it also incentivizes, obviously, cooperating as a team. Um, you can't kind of disband in Overwatch. You have to stick together. Um, to the point where I don't use voice chat in Overwatch, uh, which again, people are screaming at me. I don't play it like super competitively. I play like in the general pool of people. Um, but in Overwatch, it's so team-based and it, it clicks so well. You don't even really need voice chat to know what to do, to participate with a team, um, to help out. And I really appreciate that. It's almost like, you know, a movie is great when if you removed all sound and dialogue, you would still know exactly <laughs> what the plot is. Um, kind of like um, Rares of the Lost Ark. Yeah. If you just took out the plot, you would know that uh, Marion is deeply underaged. Um, <laughs> you mean take out the music? Uh, do, do I, you, have you, you said take out the plot. Oh, no dialogue. <laughs> you just, take out the plot. Just take out the plot. It's Harrison Ford just, <laughs> just hanging standing around, around. Just standing around some backgrounds. Steven, say a quick tangent. Steven Soderbergh did do that. Like he, he took out the music and I think the, he put the movie in black and white and took out the music or he like scored it to something else. And it was just like you can, it, his comment was that it's so well made that you can, you know, everything that's going on at all times without having to hear the dialogue. Um, that's really fascinating to me. One of these days I'll watch that. Yeah, I, that is a very interesting idea. Yeah. Um, also, Overwatch, what I really appreciate is after every match, you are allowed, they give you uh, top players. So players who performed well in various ways. I like that they don't do simply kills. Kills is really only one in the rotation. People get um, highlighted for doing the most healing or for blocking the most damage or for all these various other things besides just shooting people in the head, which most other shooters are concerned about. Um, and then even beyond that, you are allowed to rate um, and compliment your teammates after each match. You are specifically not allowed to disparage them, um, which is also great. And I think builds a sense of community again, even without voice chat, which it has, but I will never engage in. Um, so that's Overwatch. What do you what do you think about that? Overwatch is probably one of the only modern shooters that I've thought about getting into. And I was like, I might like that. Yeah, I think actually Overwatch you would. And I think we would have a lot of fun playing it together specifically. Um, but we can save that for another day. Yeah. The other shooter I was going to talk about was Splatoon 2. You said you had played it a little bit. So tell I, me about that. Oh, I mean, barely. Like, I know I played like a mode where you're just trying to splash the the area uh, like the map with more of your color than any the other teams and that was it. oh so you you played the game 
That's the entire game. That's every mode. That's every mode. Oh, no, oh. it's not. But essentially, um, so Splatoon 2, uh, Nintendo wanted to make a shooter uh, because obviously they're very popular. Um, but Nintendo has an image to maintain, a family-friendly company. So they got the idea for Splatoon um, actually from Super Mario Sunshine, uh, shooting the water. And essentially, they just changed bullets into ink and people into these squid human hybrids. Um, and instead of, again, like Overwatch, instead of just getting kills, it's really more about team tactics. Um, and it's about covering the majority of the arena with your color ink, uh, which is a very different goal than, you know, wiping out the other team or most of the goals that other FPS or uh, competitive shooters use, um, which I think makes it really different. And the strategies are kind of completely different. Um that's really all there is to say about it. There are other modes, um, including like tower defense, uh, like there's moving tower defense, there's uh, zone protection, different things like that. Um, but I traditionally just, or I frequently play as, you know, in just the traditional turf war mode. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we can move on to fighting one, games. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to open it up to fighting games in general. Um, there's really only one we're probably going to talk about. Yeah, I actually don't have never cared for fighting games at all. Arcade fighters or online fighters other than Smash Brothers. Yeah, the only one I'll add to this is Dragon Ball Fighter Z because I did get into that for uh, I played minute. the demo for like like 20 minutes. And despite the, the great allure of Dragon Ball Z, I just I just don't like fighting games. It's it's fun. It's again, it's extremely competently made. Um, but yeah, isn't necessarily for me. Um, the other thing with fighting games besides smash brothers, but especially that I learned, uh, playing dragon ball fighter Z and knowing people that are into fighting games. If you want to play fighting games online and you're not a God master, just don't waste your time. Um, <laughs> just don't even do it Which because I dip my toes and just decimated absolutely decimated uh online trying really hard um to even rack up one win and i don't think i'm really that bad at the game i can beat computer players on very high difficulty uh the second it's a real person destroyed Hmm. um which again as you mentioned is highly demoralizing it does not make me want to come back and play Hmm. um tell us about smash bros what is that i've I've never heard of that what is (laughs) I mean, I would just describe it. I mean, we don't, we can do a Smash Brothers episode at some point. I would just describe it as a more like intricate, more like high, like higher dimensional, like fighter. I, I don't know. I'd actually, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. It's, com- it's actually, I would describe it as the opposite. It's incredibly simple. It, it is simple. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like there's just this kind of like classic, like street fighter, like, um, fighting game where you don't like go off a cliff you know you can't like there's not as much aerial stuff i mean maybe that's the best thing is like there's a lot more like focus on like aerial and recovery in smash brothers than there is in like the likes of street fighter and mortal Kombat. i think the difference between smash brothers and pretty much every other fighting game is that smash brothers focuses on very very simple controls that lead to very very complicated meta mechanics so, for example, A and B, um, they're both attacks. So A is basic attack, B is special attack. And then to do any variation, all you do is press a direction. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. To do every other kind of special move. Uh, when you get the smash orb, uh, you press one button to pull off your super. Yeah. To jump, you literally just press up. 
However, within those very simple controls, like you said, there's air juggling, there's wave dashing if you're playing melee, there's all these really crazy high-level mechanics that come about from these very, very simple movements. Smash Brothers is the kind of Smash Brothers is the kind of game that five-year-olds could play together that also competitive gamer 40-year-olds could play together. And mm-hmm. I think that makes it different than, say, Street Fighter, where if you gave a bunch of kids five-year-old Street Fighter, they would have no idea what to do. <laughs> I, that well, is definitely I mean, true. And I mean that in terms, I, I mean that in terms of um, control mechanics. Again, Smash Brothers, it's so the controls are so simple. Whereas in most other fighting games, they're very complicated. There's a steep learning curve. Um, not the case in Smash Brothers. Would you say that's fair? Yes. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, should we? Uh, that, I guess racing, racing games. Racing that, games. That, there's, there's. I mean, we we talked about Mario Kart in an episode. Like racing games take different forms. I don't. I, Mario Kart's the only racing game really I've ever played online. I don't really have anything to say about it. They're pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, the, I really have only dabbled in online Mario Kart. Again, because people are pretty intense about it. Um, I will say Mario Kart what, and Splatoon, what make them both really worthwhile playing online is, again, that spontaneity um, and playing against real humans. Uh, there's really a lot to be said, for, especially for a game like Mario Kart, uh, playing against real humans. Mario Kart, even at the highest difficulty, you can kind of just learn the computer AI uh, and it doesn't really make it very fun because the longer you play at the highest difficulties, the more you see the, the computer players doing the exact same things every time and you find a way to undermine them. But really, all you're doing is undermining the computer. Um, and it, it feels very different playing against other humans with active imaginations and strategies of their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have what, two categories left? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty pretty quick yeah so the other kind that i was thinking about uh when we were discussing online gaming are just really simple augmentative features um so uh, the example i gave you uh, before we were talking is uh, pokemon sword and shield pokemon sword and shield has a mechanic where if you access the internet you can specifically go to look at uh, a competition between pokemon sword and pokemon shield and every week or every day i can't remember which it is there's some kind of competition, you know, who won the most battles, who caught the most Pokemon, etc. cetera, uh, across everyone playing sword and everyone playing shield. Um, and then the winner gets, I think, some little bonus. Um, I think really small touch online components like that are the way I want them. They're perfect. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples of just very minor augmentative features to games that are online only, but that don't override the entire first player experience. Hmm. Any ideas? Because they're there, they're there. I know they're there. Mystery gift, another Pokemon example. Mystery gift, right? Okay. You just get a free Pokemon, but you only get access to it if you're playing online. This is kind of like it's a foreign a, language to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a lot of Pokemon stuff, I guess. Uh, no, I but guess I Pokemon, mean, like, Pokemon Go, we didn't really talk about. We didn't. Talk I don't know about if that's it. this, but I don't. Know what I mean, that that's is. a that's a phone game, so I'm not going to be as crazy about it. Yeah, we don't talk um, about phone games here. We don't talk about phone games or something like Bravely Default uh, for the 3DS. Bravely Default has an entire uh, like sub game within it where you're rebuilding the main character's village. Uh, you can do that single player, but you will have three villagers to work with. The more you play online, the more villagers villagers you get. So the town rebuilding mechanics in my most recent playthrough of Bravely Default, the town is rebuilt and I'm halfway through the game. 
in other playthroughs of Bravely Default, I just gave up because I wasn't playing it online and I wasn't getting enough villagers. Hmm. Um, and a game like that rewards you for those features with like the best weapons in the game and like all this crazy stuff. Um, so not necessary, but will definitely augment uh, the game if you participate in it. Um, I'm trying to think of other different, like just very minor augmentative features in games. Can you think of anything? Uh, oh, the spirits in Smash. So um, specific, oh, yeah. specific download-only spirits, like when certain games come out, that's augmentative. You, you wouldn't get those spirits in Smash if you weren't connected to uh, the internet, but you do. Um, again, they they don't really change the main gameplay. They're just augmentative. Um, you have them if you want them. I mean, I guess the messages that you can leave in Dark Souls are augmentative features in a way. They, I mean, they are. I think they were much more designed to be integral than, say, yeah, uh, you know, the mystery gift feature of Pokemon. Yeah, but was it intended to have access to all the the dumbasses who leave shitty messages all over the place? No, um, and I really think that. Uh, I really think it's a bad joke if there's any kind of porous object and your your joke is like try stab butthole. Yeah. Um, it's like we get it. We've all seen buttholes in the Souls world. <laughs> the only thing that'll get me in terms of an online gaming joke is calling turtles uh, dogs in Elden yep, Ring. That, that gets, gets me every me time. Every time. Yeah. Um, the last category is DLCs, and I put it on here because it is it's a component of online gaming particularly if the original game didn't necessarily have online components. Yeah. What I mean by that is you would never experience the DLC were it not for online functionality, which is why I lumped it in. Yeah. Um, and some DLCs are more geared toward online gameplay than others. For this, I was thinking specifically about the Bioshock games um, and how their DLC I think in Infinite, there was story DLC, but I know in 1 and 2, the DLC was mainly to add a multiplayer component. And also, like, a lot of the a lot of DLCs add, like, augment the um, the multiplayer experience, in, like, new, new maps and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, again, like, the, something like the Old Hunters, I would consider an online gameplay component because you don't get the Old Hunters when you just buy Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one of the most interesting elements of online games. It's not really why we we're what we are here to talk about. But we're here to talk about how James just fucking. We're, we're, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to be comprehensive, guys. Yeah, and now for fan fiction corner, um, <laughs> I I googled I googled online gaming fan fiction, and it was just a lot of hate speech manifestos. <laughs> So uh, we should we should mention that, too. We've been kind of alluding to this all episode. But if you don't have a lot of experience in online gaming, um, the the culture and the etiquette of it are kind of horrific. Yeah, it's like if you yeah. aren't good at it immediately, um, go fuck yourself. Well, and not even that. Um, I think the anonymity of the Internet lets people feel like they can just say slurs against other races and Jewish people. Uh, and gay people. I, I don't even know what it's like now, but I, I shudder to think about it. I mean, one of my experiences that I had is I, like a, a co-worker and friend of mine, his son was playing Fortnite. And I think his son, very young. Um, and he, he, he banned his son from playing Fortnite because he was listening to what the kind of things that people were saying on Fortnite to him, what he was saying on Fortnite to other people. And it's like, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm done. I mean, I, I'm done too. Um, we probably should have led with this. So 
<laughs> so anyone who didn't want to listen to the whole episode, I uh, didn't have to listen to the whole episode to hear this. Um, but over the next like month or so, we are going to try to put out episodes every week. But if you know, you're, I mean, uh, we, we can just say right now, that's not going to, happen. it's not going to happen. I mean, clearly this episode, you're going to be hearing it uh, on a Monday that the previous week we didn't release an episode. Uh, that's because we were super busy and we're going to continue to be busy because it's summertime and COVID's gone. Not yeah. Really. And I'll just throw out here Not to, at all. to all you uh, team Aaron fans, because I know <laughs> everyone who listens picks a favorite Aaron or James. The Aaron clan. Yeah. So the Aaron clan, I'm going to be moving out of the country. So my availability in the end of May and June is going to be pretty low. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we're going to take a little break, but after that break, uh, you're going to hear me recording in beautiful Guatemala, which will make no impact on the recording itself. But <laughs> you're not going to have feel... the window open with like no, birds chirping. It's no, not going to yeah. sound like heaven. Beautiful, beautiful tropical birds and volcano breezes. And or, mermaids coming and mermaids. up to your... Yeah. 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 So the next time uh, after our little break, you'll be, uh, you'll be hearing me in a different country. So maybe from now on, I'll only speak in Spanish. Um, please don't do that. Okay. I, I have not been keeping up with my Spanish. Neither have I. I'm moving <laughs> to a Spanish-speaking country. Oh well, you're gonna have to yeah, keep up then. Um, but yeah, like we're we're we've got an episode planned for the week following the one that you're hearing this episode, and I'm sh- well, I'm not sure, but we, you know, we'll probably find the time to watch a movie. Will we, will we yeah. release the episode yeah. right away? I, I don't know. Um, but we we've got you know, a list of, of ideas, um, some that we're absolutely going to do some at, at some point in the future. And some are just kind of like spitballing ideas. I mean, we have a plan, not the most concrete plan because we just don't know when we're going to be able to record and when we're, we're going to be able to play new games. And we're also human beings and we get to just take a little break if we need to. Yeah. You, you, you sick fans, <laughs> you sick, you sick freaks. You just wait every week. For Taking us for granted. Uh, I mean, go, we, how about how many times do you re-listen to episodes fans? Go re-listen to episodes for a change. <laughs> since we lit, since we started recording, we or since we started releasing episodes we have hit every week except like one we took a slightly yeah. longer break for christmas yeah so i'm proud of us i'm proud of us too um yeah i'm proud of us too but you know everyone needs a break and we're we're gonna if we have to we'll take a little one but uh speaking of breaks you haven't been getting one lately from work but have you been no. playing have you been watching anything? well i've been playing a game that i'm not going to tell you oh. about because we're doing it for the episode after this one yeah so i won't reveal that right now i yeah i began that game and i got a little bit into it but i'm gonna have to finish it over the next two days and I'm um excited. i have not been doing a lot of gaming since we last recorded i've been watching it so much one piece nice nice um, what uh what arc are you on uh i am on summit war Ah, yes. So, and more specifically, I think I'm about to leave the, I don't know what it's called, like the Seabody, Seabody, Seabody Archipelago. Yeah. Archipelago, Archipelago. That's wrong. Oh my gosh. It's Archipelago. It is. It is. It is. Man. Um, yeah, I, I've been reading One Piece. Uh, I am on a, a really great arc. Uh, the last arc was just stellar. I think it's my favorite arc. Brag uh, about it. I'll get there. I will brag about it. I'm way further in One Piece than you are, and I always will be. Yeah, because um, one episode of the show is like one third of a. Or well, no, sorry. One. 
I don't one know, episode I don't... is one episode is either three or two chapters. However, I've heard that as One Piece goes on, it gets to the point where each manga chapter is an entire episode. So buckle up for that. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been reading One Piece, um, and then I have been playing a certain game. Uh, I went to Seattle for a wedding. I didn't have much time to. I didn't have as much time to uh, play games as I thought I would. But continuing to play Borderlands, that's a great knitting game. Uh, I also wanted to finish Skyward Sword for Switch, finally. That game can go fuck itself. Yeah, I There's mean... my I'm, Grinch again. I'm basically at the end of it, though, so I just want to finish it. I don't hate that game. I just hate it compared to other Zelda games. I think I've said it before. Like, there are, like, no bad Zelda games by comparison, no. except that one. Well, here's the thing. I it's been forever since I've touched it, and I was like, I know I'm near the end. I just need to pick it up and finish it. Um, and when I looked at it, I had like 30 hours of gameplay. I'm like, how am I not done with this game for 30 fucking hours? That that's like a C for Zelda, which is like a for any other series, essentially. Like a like a B for any others compared to other series. Yeah. Like anyway. Anyway um watch the goddamn grin (laughs) just fucking do it already